what you know about it. It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. And the room a lot. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Uh, Andre Conaparo, say hello. Hello. Chris Stewart, say hello. Hello, guys. One guest today, Zach Pollock, say hello. Hi. Chef from Alimento here in Los Angeles. One, uh, full of accolades. Full. Chock full. <laughs> Been hunting him down like the white buffalo full to get on broths. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, man. You're a busy guy, aren't you? Uh, yeah. I, I, that's what I've learned, like, because I do another podcast where it's like DJs and comedians and writers and stuff like that. And it's like, time. when can you do it? Like, anytime. <laughs> I do nothing. I, I work. What are you doing right now? I work forty-five minutes a week, and then I play video games and <laughs> check out the internet. Sounds but then, nice. But yeah, but then getting a chef on, it's kind of it's. You guys are you, when you have time off, you don't want to spend it with dudes talking about food, or do you? Or do Depends you? Depends on the dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's there's a dog here. How many? Yeah. There's how many? Dog. There are two dogs here. How many so. dogs does this dude own that I'm going to yeah. be speaking with? Would be the first question. <laughs> how many dogs do I have? No, oh, no. I'm or sorry, any yeah. dude that you want to talk to right, about food? Right, like, right. Send me dog pics and then maybe right. we'll hang out. We were just talking right before you had some questions. About I had a question because I've been following Pickles on Instagram for a while now. Mm-hmm. Great news. And there's a there's a great <laughs> video of Pickles falling off the couch backwards. Yeah. I think. I think if yeah, I remember fully, it properly, fully yeah. backwards. And there was a sound she makes when she hits the floor. I guess it is. <laughs> well, that's the sound of a dog's skull hitting a hardwood floor. <laughs> I was just curious if that was sound edited or if that was the real sound. That, that it was made. the real sound recorded, you know, six feet away wow. from the scene of the crime. There, There's no boom right there. No, no, nothing. But th- there was a lot of debate with that video because I, I, w- I took the video. It was an accidental fall. Right. When she was a puppy, still very dumb and getting used. I mean, she's still like that, but getting used to her surroundings. And she fell off the couch, and I sent it to a few friends on like a group <laughs> chat. Yeah. And I was like, this is a really good video. It's funny, but I can't post it on Instagram because people will think it's <laughs> animal <laughs> cruelty or something. <laughs> because it really there is like a, a pretty horrible sounding thing right, right and they're like no this is the funniest video of all time you have to post it no question so i did and it worked out all right but it it, it seems but you know i watched it on repeat for like <laughs> 10 yeah. minutes it's straight. very loopable that's what it was for yeah but like much like human babies you know small small young animals are rough and tumble and yeah except if a human baby hits their head they whine and cry yes and a dog just gets up on his feet right yeah i mean yeah. it's it's uh, she you know she had no problem falling and landing on her head at all just got up and ran around and it was fine but i'm glad you looped just made the sound of like 43 days of that dog's life escaping its body (laughs) and then instagram (laughs) boom there you go yeah a lot of clicks all worth it a lot of clicks um no, nothing. I got nothing. What is Stewie? You have a cup of green stuff. What is that? Smoothie? Is that what I smell? Describe this morning smoothie. No, that was not it. This looks like more of a. I was making beans earlier, but they're just plain beans and water. I don't know why. I got I got. There was like maybe there's just a squid for some weird reason. Delicious aroma. I cooked squid yesterday. 
Oh, oh. I'm not crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> it's just, like absolutely I, not. I have I, no idea what you're talking I about. So, thank you. Nothing to do with the squid I cooked taster? last night. <laughs> I, I He's a be, super sniffer. I might be, apparently. I, I might be, I, Are you a super taster? Well, no, most super tasters actually hate food or like hate like right. strong, bold flavors. It's like it's like women. Oh, I'm not a super taster. Like there's 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 people who have like a hundred <laughs> orgasms a day. Where you're well, like pretty right. cool, and then they're like, "Please kill me, you leave- <laughs> please end my life." Well, you leave Maggie out I of this. I can't even uh. finish the paragraph. <laughs> oh god! Yeah, is- I learned. My, I, I learned oh, that god, squid. Uh, I mean, that's a thing. No, squid, just- squid, squid will smell your house up badly. Mm-hmm. It's such a mild thing in flavor. Not that. Not a, not a fishy fish. Right. It smells it up. But my girlfriend's Filipino. Mm. So she walked in and she was like, "I'm home, all right." <laughs> and then I walk in, I'm like, "Oh, it smells like uh, it smells like a seaport, like the Eagle Rock Mall." Yeah, it smells like the Eagle Rock Mall in here. You got Not go. a lot of people yeah, will get that. It's real funky. Uh, <laughs> well, have you, you got a mixture of like a food court? Okay, so they have a huge open seafood. Mm-hmm. Um, seafood City. Seafood City is like in the middle of it's it. It's a and- Filipino supermarket, but half of it is just open seafood huh. market. Yeah. So the front of it, there's no Wild. doors, right? Because it's in the mall. So okay. It's like, 200 feet of Amazing. open air front doors you're walking into it so all the seafood city smells are coming out and then there's not cooked all raw yeah yeah, yeah just sitting out on ice uh-huh. uh and then or in tanks and then you've got four or five other filipino fast food restaurants kind of in the center of the food court cooking all those great mm-hmm. fried sardines and like really intense fish i mean right there in eagle rock the whole yeah, right mall there smells rock. like fish yeah huh. i could walk there from yeah. my house and Stu can walk there mm-hmm it's just heavenly. Yeah, man. Um, this is just a smoothie, though. It's a. It looks. It looks like gazpacho. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It looks like kind of say. It looks like a tomatillo. I thought you brought a salsa when you walked in. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I was, I was that's a lot of salsa to not have any chips with you, Stu. <laughs> Look, yes. there's some chard in there. How Got... does that pair with that coffee there? <laughs> They're just making me feel better. <laughs> this is just like. Uh, some sort of a speedball. I drink. Oh, a, yeah. I drink a coffee and a smoothie every single morning. Coffee Together. Smoothie. Together. Green. Yes. Or, yeah. The uh, whatever I got in the fridge, honestly. the hot bitter coffee and then oh, you the, made it and the cold sweetness. Oh, yeah. No, you didn't buy <laughs> this it. Is just th- I'm just thrashing. I wouldn't pay for something this disgusting. No, this is <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Absolutely not. This isn't all for taste. If it tastes good, it's like ah, oh, sick. Like this one's good today. Like when it's mostly just, like to get the nutrients. Like I'm getting rid of like so some chard in the fridge and oh yeah, there's some frozen pineapple. Are you a little hungover, Stewie? No. Uh, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm just tired. Stewie just had a check for the listeners out there. It's a long night last night. Mm. Working late, mm. you know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Stewie, Stewie's running Burger Lords in Chinatown. I just, oh. it's been week two, but so across the street from us is Slow Culture, and that's two thirds of the owners of Burger Lords own okay. Slow Culture, and they just moved from which is an Highland, art gallery, an art gallery. They just moved from Highland Park to Chunking Road in Chinatown, so they had a private viewing for this big photo show that is open to the public tomorrow. But they had the the viewing last night. So they just kept trickling over, and we even like stayed open an extra like half an hour, just cooking burgers. It, it hurt a little bit. Are you in the kitchen or? It, it's 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 smaller than this living room that we're oh, in wow. right now. So yeah, <laughs> I'm in the kitchen. Yeah, it's I like the, a restaurant that's the size of a photo developing hut in the middle of a parking lot, uh-huh. pretty much. The goal is to have like put a positionless employees more. Yeah, you know, hopefully, just to where you can do at least do everything. Maybe you're better. At work in the grill, but you, you know, so you can interact with customers. And if you are a cashier and you have any inclination to work the grill, like 
Right. Like, come on down. Like, if you know how to use square and sliced tomatoes, that'd be great. <laughs> well, it's, it's great because then, like, if you have one person that can't work the grill and you, you like, have to use the bathroom, like, what are you going to do in the middle of the rush? Like, you got to have, like, you just some, shit your pants. You just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. shit your pants. Or you go pee pee, sure. You know, we've got mats. It's fine. Yeah. So that's, that's the goal. Yeah, just a little, like crossover. Yeah, when you're when you're like slammed in the kitchen and you have to pee, I feel like you just don't even you can't even think about it. Well, one thing is like if you if you drink a lot of water and you go for a run, you'll tend to just sweat, sweat out, out. That, that liquid rather than you mm-hmm. know the other. So when you're hustling on the line, you, you kind of don't really have to. I mean, yeah, eventually it catches eventually. up with you, but it, most you, of it gets sweated out. Yeah, and then mostly it's just like you just go and then get it over with. You just and then go right back, you know, if you can. Right. It sucks. I worked at a place years ago where uh, it was on La Cienega where the only employee restroom was, uh, I mean, it was totally illegal, was like out, it was in another building, like a block and a half down the street and down an alley and up a staircase. And we weren't allowed to use the restroom in the dining room. And uh, so I would, and it was also such a, it was a really grueling, intense kitchen where you could not, the just service and prep, everything was so intense. And you couldn't you couldn't afford to miss, skip any a single beat. And uh, so what I restaurant would, was this? Uh, Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, it was Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> it was uh, it was actually the Grand Lux Cafe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so intense. Super there you intense. go. No, it and, well. uh, and so I would deliberately not drink that m- much water despite thirst, just oh. so that I could. Uh, yeah. Oh, you're you're poor. Stayed in your fighting weight that whole shift. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like dropping pounds before a fight. And people wonder why they switched to servers from line cooks, huh? Right. Well, you know, because us, we line cooks were making all of, what, like one-fifth as much as the servers were? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, let, let's talk about your, your chef rise. Where, where, did you, where did you... Where are you from, L.A.? From L.A. Born so, and raised? Born and raised in L.A., yeah. Not Orange County or the Valley? Westwood. Ooh. Westwood. Mm. Los yep. Angeles. Mean streets of Westwood. So, do you enjoy Persian food then? Uh, <laughs> to an extent. I mean, it plateaus at some point for it, me, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Ice, ice cream sandwiches. Sure. Oh, are we, did he reach reference <laughs> there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do. Although I didn't have that many in in growing up. It's a bit much. I mean, they're good. They're, they're good. good. Mm-hmm. They're good. Don't get me wrong. I stayed in line for that though. No. You don't stay up at night thinking about an ice cream sandwich. They were also cheap. Crazy like, cheap. Some they people were like, do. Lots and lots of people do, actually. They were really cheap. And yes, yeah, so cheap. Like a dollar or less or something. Even yeah. uh, in like the early 2000s, they right. were still really cheap. Yeah. So you, you said Persian food plateaus. That's interesting. Well, that's... Well, I mean, like, you, I, I, you, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, like, what other foods... Like, what foods don't plateau? Uh, I guess Italian... First of all, that, of I wouldn't even say that about like Middle Eastern food in general. There are definitely other areas like Lebanese food mm-hmm. uh, that I can eat infinitely. Um, Armenian even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, Japanese food. They're, 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 you know, look, when I say Persian food plateaus, I'm for me, I'm sure that that's purely based on the Persian food that I was exposed to. Yeah. Not. Mm-hmm. I, I think that maybe it's the... Persian food scene in Westwood plateaus more than Persian <laughs> food in general plateaus. Right, I'm sure. Well, it's it's okay to have taste. There's a lot of you know, there's a lot of cuisines where you kind of plateau. Are for there? you, for you, I mean, 
It was interesting. It I mean, like it. The way you articulated that, it instantly made perfect sense to me without having thought of certain cuisines in that kind of context. But uh-huh. I, I instantly was just like, yeah, absolutely. And it, it may be more of a function of where you're eating that food and right. not traveling the world to search like it out. Like Indian food in L.A. has Abs- a pretty low plateau, but if you go For to sure. like... Arcadia, London, or, 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 or London, or, or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, you know, East it's Coast. a whole other ball game. I mean, I think the, East Coast. the consensus mostly is that the best Indian food in all the world is in London, right? Right, right. Is my understanding, having not spent a lot of time there, or in but India. yes, never been to India. <laughs> well, I think like the <clears throat> the idea and the elevated and the ingredient sourcing and the best chefs in India, basically, a lot of like the high pinnacle, high watermark is to cook in London in fine dining Indian restaurants. Mm-hmm. Huh. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, that made perfect sense to me instantly. Whereas it's like, yeah, there I, I can't imagine a plateau for Japanese food where you're sourcing a single ingredient that needs to be of a caliber that basically just cons- continually evolves as the fish comes out of the water, mm. or Italian food and looking at different kinds of charcuterie and how it's being made and how it's done and how LA allows it to be done. But yeah, mm. all right. So so you're in Westwood. So grew up in Westwood. Uh, yep. Went to school, went to college thinking I was going to study astrophysics, quickly realized that that was way over, I was way over my head there, and uh, mm-hmm. ended up majoring in architecture, uh, s- uh, spent a semester abroad in Florence, uh, where I uh, was drawn more to the markets than the, than the museums. Um, ate a lot of food. Uh, the museums were beautiful. Don't get me wrong; it was it's an incredible city. But uh, it was particularly the food culture in Italy that was so mesmerizing. And I kind of shifted gears and came back here uh, during a semester, uh, uh, summer break, and uh, started working at uh, Neil Fraser's Grace just for free. It was an inter- in, not even an internship. I was just there to you know strain stocks, take out the trash, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found that, in fact, not only did I really like cooking, I really liked cooking in a professional atmosphere, which is you know, a big distinction that not everyone makes getting into this business, which they you know, should. If you're thinking about going to culinary school, definitely go work <laughs> for six months in a restaurant and then make that decision because it's, you know, it's no small investment. Yeah. It sucks. For some. Right. For most. But you got to know. There's only one way to know. Right. Just do it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you knock on that door and go in and say, "Hey, I want to work here for free"? Uh, Grace. Yeah. So I, I, I could have clearly, yeah. and I think it would have been no problem. But I had this whole delusion that they were these kitchens were super hard to get into. So I had a friend at Brown at college, uh, whose cousin or like second cousin was a childhood friend of Neil. And I was like, "This is it." So you're shooing at is that my point. In. Uh, so I e- got his email. I was like, "Chef Neil." I know Hillary, who is your friend Ross's cousin. <laughs> your Valentine in eighth grade from right, exactly. He's like, you can sure. take trash out. Or <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> exactly. Blah blah blah. Free, cool, fine. Right, right, right. right. I, yeah, I remember his 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 return email was so concise and was just like, sure, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Did you work your way up and eventually get hired there? So I, so I worked there for my uh, a couple summers and winters uh, at the end of college, and then when I graduated, I worked there for a few months. And and but my heart was still in Italy. I was I was you know pretty much I I really found a passion for cooking Italian before I even even found a passion for cooking in general, which was I think a a, a privilege to have that focus at a at an early point. 
Um, I was lucky for that. So I worked in, uh, in, um, uh, at Grace for a while and then uh, decided to move to Italy to work. Well, I was actually... I'd read uh, Bill Buford's Heat, and mm-hmm. uh, where he follows Mario Batali's story and then tracks his own experiences working for Dario Cecchini. And uh, he talks about how difficult it is now that when Mario went to Italy, yeah, you could just go. But now, now being what the early two thousands when he wrote the book, uh, it, getting visas was much more challenging, and it, uh, there was a lot more competition to get into these kitchens. So I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm not going to be able to you know, go that route. So I checked out these culinary schools in Italy and I was looking at this one uh, called Alma, which is like the CIA of Italy. And uh, I was eating in a restaurant in the area that I'd read about uh, called uh, Ristorante Ambasciata, the embassy. And uh, while I was there, I ended up talking to the chef and he was like, you want to work? You just don't go to culinary school. You just come here and work. So I was like, that's all right. Well, so I dropped the ideas of going to culinary school, started working for him Worked there for a while, moved around, went to Verona, worked in Sicily, uh, Sardinia, Umbria, and then ultimately came back. I was there for about a year and a half. Wow. Did you speak Italian at the time? Do you speak Italian? I took a, so in in anticipation of going to Florence during college, I took a semester of Italian and then I, did I take Italian while in Florence? I don't remember, but learning Italian in Florence was almost impossible because unless you spoke perfect Italian, any Italian you speak to there has, has some, some, some bare basic knowledge of English. Not right. to say that they can speak it at all, but they would rather speak their terrible English at you yeah. than listen Hear to you speak your horrible Italian. <laughs> Which makes sense completely. So, so I I, anytime I would have these conversations in Italy, in Florence when I first moved there, that where I would be speaking butchered Italian to this yeah. guy and, and like really stubbornly not going back to English and he would be stubbornly speaking right. butchered English to me and not like you know acquiescing and 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 speaking Italian, which Please I probably wouldn't have understood shut anyways. Up. I picture I picture like a sixty year old Italian woman with like one single tear going down her eye, going, "Please just speak English." <laughs> so so no, I didn't. When I moved to Italy to work, ultimately I spoke very little. But it yeah. it went in the places I was working where there was no one like it was. You were like. You were like some sort of a like a rare find that you were an yeah. American, you know. Oh, so like it was in the middle of nowhere. They, I think, I like for a lot of people, I was the only American they'd ever met, which is right. a crazy thought when you oh. think of like, oh, Italy, you know, it's yeah. Italy, or it's Florence yep. of all. Like, a, well, no, no, this was not in Florence. Oh, this sorry. Was, this is oh, when I, when yeah. I, in Florence, there was would always speak uh, English to me, uh, but when I moved uh, to like it, w- it was in the Po Valley where yeah, it was outside outside a uh, town called Mantova, which is. Uh, it's between Verona and Modena, um, little little tiny town called Cristello, and uh, there, yeah, that's where I really had to had to learn Italian quickly. Hmm, that sounds difficult. How did you work on your breaks? From I I took some architecture. I didn't uh-huh. go to Brown, you know. I just did the same thing as you say, like just get a job cooking. Like I just started working in the field and interning and making models, and I was going to junior college, and I realized like, oh, this is not for me. Uh-huh. So that actually worked and saved me the pains of going to right. like SciArc or whatever. Like I don't know how in your time off you your sweet sweet time off because architecture school is so grueling. Right, that you so decided this is not architecture school. It was an undergrad program in architecture that was a. a it was a sub program of 
the art history major at Brown, so it wasn't like so it would have shaved a year off of architecture school had I gone to architecture school yeah. thereafter. But it wasn't. It was more of like a an appreciative uh, architecture program than it was a creative one. So uh, like different. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean. I mean, I can like I kind of draw a, a floor plan, but probably not much better than most un, totally untrained people can. Yeah. Um, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't engineer anything. There was no engineering in the program, so it was more of like an architectural history. Uh, that sounds major. really fun, actually. It was. It was great. Sorry it was really great. Offshoot, but yeah. No, so when you yeah. when you damn it, Steve. when you <laughs> were opening Elemento, you uh, I guess you didn't design it but you probably had more of a say in how it was so laid out than the normal head when i opened alimento alimento came about in a very unusual way it had already been it was a, a bakery that closed in 2008 and then uh it was conver- it was the the actually the owner of the building was going to open a restaurant there and so she uh did the whole permitting process did the whole build out and then, like ninety percent of the way through, things went awry. Thing, it fell apart, and she wanted to. She was looking to have someone else take it over. Uh, so it actually sat off the market, unfinished, for like two and a half years before she and I connected, and I ended up taking it over. But uh, that, when I took it over, it already had the the floor plan was is was what it is now. Uh, so it was really just a cosmetic. Uh, mm-hmm. Renovation that I did. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I did design that part of it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, but it wasn't. I mean, if you go in there, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty sparse. The the there was the bar wasn't there, but uh, it's it's it was you know it was planned for. So I just designed and built the bar. Uh, the banquettes I bought, I bought these church pews on eBay. Perfect for they were eleven hundred dollars, including shipping. For, wow. uh, from a wow, uh, from it was crazy. From well, but uh, from they were from a, uh, a mid-century church in New Hampshire that had closed, and uh, but they, they on, online they looked kind of this like cool like maybe teal green. I was like, okay, okay, I can I can make this I can make this work. And then they got there and they were like a forest like library green, and it was not going to happen. So then I did have to pay to have them uh, reupholstered. Yeah. That's not. I mean, but it, that's, it, that's it, it, it wasn't bad. And I'm Jewish, so like I look at them and I just saw like, oh, this, these are like they look like banquettes. I'll just join them here and yeah. call it a day. <laughs> but any like Catholic who walks into Alimento is like, oh, they have church views here. Yeah. I'm like, I haven't seen the inside of too many churches outside of Italy where they aren't mid-century. Um, so for me, it was it was. Uh, that's funny. I had Didn't no. Didn't know this was a religious <laughs> restaurant. Right, exactly. Well, also they're like an inch low, shorter than like uh. a, a normal banquet. <laughs> so every time I see like someone sit down there for the first time, I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> honey, honey, do you want to switch? Sure. And then they'll like flip. The, the guy will go into the banquet. Mm. <laughs> okay, had, okay. I only had a bar experience. That's the bar's the bar's the probably the best place. I'm a barman. Yeah, yeah. Or or the, the patios are nice in the summer. Oh. It is. Anyway, um, so how long how long has Elemental been open for now? We've been open. Let's see. We opened uh, the end of June last year, so about eighteen months. No, God, yeah, that's, that's it. it. I know, man. Something like that. That's it. Oh my God. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. It I, seems I, I say like that. You've been there. I say that's it, it because seems like a fixture. 
Now I have to say it out loud. It's my favorite restaurant on the entire east side. Oh, that's nice. Hands down. Thank you. Absolutely. I don't know if you ever heard the podcast, but a lot of your dishes get referenced when we talk oh, about nice. the best of, at least from me. Like, sure. okay, is that dish as good as like the the tortellini and roto? At no, it's not. So, so I'll say something like, anyways. Cool. But it seems like it's been my go-to. Like, okay, where do you want to eat? I want to go to Elemento or comparison to that, and that's why it feels like you've only been there. For 18 months, to me, it's such a cornerstone of mm. food on the east side. That's why I said only 18 months. Mm. The amount of work involved, yes, probably right. seems like a lifetime to you. Well, but, but no, you're saying actually, I guess you were actually saying it does feel longer. And I'm, yeah, agree. I'm saying it feels me like too. a lot longer. Yeah, it seems right. like it's such a, like a, you took it as like, state. oh, it's only like, no, I don't know what I took it. Now, in retrospect, yeah, I think <laughs> to we were me, on the I same feel page. like it has been, and also, it seems much longer. I was going to ask you about the genesis of how you came into that space because Jason and I, lived together for like seven years right above the dog park on Silverwood Terrace. Uh-huh. And when we first met, we used to go have breakfast at the bakery all the okay. time. And then four years, just stared at it, heard the yeah. rumors, okay, the employees wanted to take it over, and the woman wanted to take it over, who owned the building. And like, there's this whole, like, there were so many stories about what was going on, and it was covered in paper. The windows right. were covered in paper for like four years. Yeah. And we're just like, oh my God, this is prime. Well, how is this not happening? Right. You just explained it. But it was also like it seemed like such a missing element from such a small neighborhood. She, she, the the landlord also was very pretty adamant about not wanting to go through brokers. So had right. she uh, gone through a broker, it would have, yeah, exactly, it would have yeah. sold a lot, lot quicker. But she didn't want to do it. I respect and that. It worked out for she me. She Probably really wanted to also control what was going in there. Exactly, just having exactly. somebody sell it. Exactly. How yeah. often does she get to eat there for free? <laughs> uh, she has a stipend, a monthly stipend. That she often will actually just have delivered next door to her. So I mean, we'll, so we'll, tight. We'll, we'll we'll make that exception. We'll we'll even sure. plate it on real plates as opposed to the oh. takeout, and she just brings it back. Oh, so, Elemento nice. delivery. She's got a nice line of credit over there. Yeah, yeah, a that's little, awesome. A little built-in Postmates. Right. Is she single? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? No comment on that one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that also, just to imagine somebody wanting to go that route and be able to choose a person in there, they're also going to throw in that little, and uh, get a delivery over at the place, and uh, let's call it this much a month. What do you say? Like, right. that's the kind of thing you would want to put in there. What What was the first dish on the recipe that you came up with there? The first dish on the menu? Yeah. Uh, on the menu, uh, sorry. Uh, hmm. Sorry for the pause here. I'm no, just no, no, no. I fine. guess the first like the one drama. was probably like, I mean, long before Alimento was conceived, what the tortellini and brodo was like, this is a really, like, that's a good idea. Someone must have done this. So I like scoured the internet, searched it under any possible name, like tortellini and brodo, brodo and tortellini. Sorry, no, like tortellini and brodo al contrario, which is like what I called it, like... Uh, Brodo and Tortellini. Uh, I, I forget. I searched for anything I could possibly think of, and it wasn't anywhere. So I was like, "Okay, got to do it." Mm-hmm. So maybe that was. I Can you explain what that dish is for listeners? Sure, who sure. Never so been? like Tortellini and Brodo is a classic uh, Emilia Romagna thing, Bolognese. But then it goes. You know, other towns have different versions that go by different names: Anolini and Brodo, Merubini and Brodo, whatever. Um, but they're all basically these little. Uh, very small uh, pasta dumplings filled with some kind of dense uh, meat stuffing. And then, you know, those recipes will vary from town to town and even from house to house, which meats, how much of which meats, uh, which salumi, how much of which salumi, whatever. Uh, is there nutmeg? Is there not nutmeg? But 
all, but basically all, all these little, uh, pasta dumplings in like a rich, uh, meat brodo that's going to be made with chicken or capon and may have like some prosciutto in it, or, like a uh, prosciutto bones or ends may have some other, uh, salumi or whatever. Um, but, and then it's just serves like it's a soup essentially. Uh, but you know, having the San Gabriel Valley right here, uh, having had a lot of soup dumplings growing up, the idea, and the, and also having had a lot of tortellini and brodo in Italy, the idea of just flipping it, uh, you know, borrowing a trick from the Chinese and doing the brodo inside the tortellini and then doing this kind of a prosciutto and panna sauce on the outside, which is like the other way that they eat tortellini in Bologna is either in brodo or with prosciutto panna, which is like mm. a prosciutto cream sauce. Uh, so there at Alimento, we do it with a little bit of this sauce in the bottom, uh, then just like up, it's picked up in melted butter with a little bit of parm, but then the broth is is like explosive on the inside. And they're obviously they're a lot bigger than the classic uh, tortellini in Bologna, which are like supposed to be like the size of your pinky nail or tip of your pinky, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, because a because I'd kill myself trying to make as many as I would have to, and b they're kind of they're kind of reverse engineered around what the like perfect amount of broth inside is and any less any smaller and it's like not quite the experience mm. and any bigger and they just burn your mouth they explode with this mm. hot broth so just at the size they are is like the right amount that they're perfecto yeah do you do you do it in the same method that the soup dumpling is done where it's y- yeah so people ask me like how do you do it do you like i like do you put it into like an ice cube tray and then like pour it in and then put another sheet of pasta over it no do you take syringes and like like inject them? <laughs> no, uh, and I won't like explicitly reveal the secret. But I, I would say, it. well, really, I'll, I'll I'll implicitly reveal the secret, and that is go watch how Chow Long Bao are made. Oh, that's another one I searched for Chow Long Bao to see if anyone had done that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the runner-up. I probably Chow Chow. Yeah, that's what I should have called them. I mean, that's a little. That's I mean, good. it's it's. Perfect, but it's it's a little much gimmicky. It's a little gimmicky, but I mean, it's here. it's hard not to. It's hard to leave that sitting on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Google how that's done, but it's yeah. like it's Google Shaolongbao with the X. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you either. You have to do some homework. I'm good. Let's talk about your chicken liver pate. Bro. Yeah, so this uh, podcast this. is called How You Make Your Chicken Liver Pate. Sure. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of chicken liver pate and yours specifically. And yours is, is it's, it's, very, it's a little different than other ones. Mm-hmm. It looks different. Mm-hmm. It tastes better mm-hmm. than it most. It tastes better. It's it's like a a very bright pink color, right, right, and, right. And I asked you. It's actually just raw. We don't cook it. It's just uh, gelatin and livers. Well, a lot. I mean, like a lot of. It, it's weird. Like you, I I want to know why you're not so you're you're not supposed to serve chicken raw or medium. It's not raw. I know it's not raw, okay. but like when when you're when when you're when you see recipes or videos, people showing you how to make chicken liver pate, it'll say like make sure you don't overcook the liver, make sure it's kind of like still a little, maybe a little medium rare, medium rare right. inside. You would think that the liver of all parts of this chicken that would be the like salmonella infested one. Yeah, that would be the the central hub of any bacterial there's gathering. There's a, so there's a weird fact about salmonella that I've never really explored. I actually had contracted salmonella at Bonnaroo one year. <laughs> w- worst experience of my life. 
this is without uh, a doubt the best part of this podcast uh, so far. How, what did, what yeah, did let's you, slow the story get... down a little bit. Uh, Wait, I, did was, you see was... Salmonella play at Bonnaroo? <laughs> yeah, or you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right after Bob Dylan. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was year two of Bonnaroo, and we ha- had like these eggs that had just been sitting like in a cooler of melted well, water at that point for days, and I decided to scramble them, ate them. Fortunately, it wasn't until I returned from that horrible apocalyptic Bonnaroo to Los Angeles that I could, that it, the, the the symptoms came out. But oh, so you uh, camped out and brought food, yeah. and you were like, "I'm going to make some scramby eggs." Right. This, this is long festival. before I was cooking for a living. Long before I'd taken like serve safe tests and knew you know. Mm, just going to do a soft scramble with these right, five right, day right. cured <laughs> lukewarm water Bonnaroo yeah. eggs. Sadly, before the Yeti was invented. Oh yeah, the Yeti only had a Yeti cooler. Oh, boom. We've we been trying to plug Yeti. Yeah, we oh, said, yeah. I try to I say Yeti every single cool. time. That's good. I thought, it hasn't worked yeah. out yet. <laughs> so <laughs> you beat... If I'd only a, had a Yeti. <laughs> thank you. you yeah, there no you go. salmonella. Hashtag Yeti. Yeah. So you're a salmonella survivor. Congratulations. Salmonella <laughs> it's awful. Think, think like... The, we've all had food poisoning. Think the worst food poisoning you've ever had, but it lasts like four days of like those intense symptoms. Oh, so like no. the only saving grace of horrible food poisoning is that it's very short-lived. Like within 12 hours or 18 hours, you're feeling a lot better. Maybe not perfect, but a lot better. But Maybe just, I've had salmonella. Violent, violent. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there are other ones too. But, but you looked great afterwards. That <laughs> oh, fifth yeah. day, oh, you yeah. were cut, baby. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> That's where the, the eighth of that six-pack mm-hmm. came yeah, out. Uh-huh. That water. <laughs> But anyways, what were we talking? about? Oh right, sad. so uh, okay, so the funny, fa- funny fact about salmonella is that it's a surface bacteria. So if mm. you th- now I've never explored this, but if I like, ideally, uh, if you sanitize the surface of say a chicken breast, you should be able to eat the inside, even undercooked. Without getting now, I'm, this is like legal disclaimer. Sure, I'm not sure. advocating this. I don't right. know. I've in never theory. done it. But in theory, uh, you should be able to eat it medium rare, rare inside. So I'm I that now obviously that changes anytime you like cut into it. If you haven't totally um, uh, sanitized the sanitized outside. the outside, then you carry that bacteria in, and then you know, it's game over. But mm-hmm. um, so with regard to like the livers, yeah, it could be and probably would be some or might be somewhere on the outsides of them but if you sear them properly then if even right. if you have a nice rosy inside it shouldn't mm-hmm. shouldn't uh, and it hasn't been because that i mean oh well no we i don't even that's not how i make not not moves. for you but i mean just <laughs> just just for uh i'm not oh, saying, oh, i'm not oh. saying for your liver right, cooking right, right. but like Beautiful. since you know french people started making chicken liver well, since I mean moose or pate for the salmonella last in years. Europe's not even a thing. I mean, right. it's, it's barely a thing. When I was there, I'd watch the I would watch these uh, chef I worked for in Verona would just take raw chicken straight from the fucking package. Can I say that package? Sure. Yeah, package cool. <laughs> yeah. straight from the package. We can just, say bad words on here and just uh, eat it. And I was like, "Are you crazy?" And for me, growing up in America, where you right. know we have this whole built-in stigma against oh, like, salmonella mm. at all costs, it was. And they don't Stunning. and they don't refrigerate their eggs there. Oh, they don't refrigerate their eggs. They, when they made uh, brodo, we would, he would. I don't know if I can take any any credit <laughs> or, or blame for this, but just we'd make the brodo. When it was done, turn off the heat, put a chinois in it, mm-hmm. yeah. so that like it created a little pool that wasn't uh, that didn't have you know vegetables and meat yeah, floating right. around in it, and just ladle off of that until it was empty. Uh, and overnight, it would just sit there, off heat, unrefrigerated. 
Damn. Like, for days. The European, while smoking a cig. Oh, yeah, while smoking <laughs> a cigarette. Well, Japanese and Good Italians do, do serve uh, chicken tartare, right? In places. I don't think Italians serve chicken tartare. No? Okay. Mm. I thought I'd seen that it's before. Definitely a thing in Japan. I know the Japanese do. Um, but also, that same thing, that same concept about salmonella being basically topical is like health, health enthusiasts who do raw eggs a lot, that have a, like a big raw egg diet. Basically, all the salmonella from that raw egg is coming from the shell, the shell right. when it's being cracked and touched. So when you're getting, and also so much of salmonella existence in the United States is a result of factory farming, right? Mm-hmm. And those exactly. and those cleaning. all of it, I think. So basically, if you're getting a a decent, clean farm farmers market egg, and you just wash the outside with a little bit of soap, right? That's it. You're done. You're not. You're basically taking again. Disclaimer. I'm not a, sure. A, I bleach a, all a my eggs before I. But like just a little bit of you know cleaning outside the egg and cracking it, and that's your raw egg is going to be fine. I want to know what the benefit of your the chef that was doing this of of eating raw chicken, like. Oh, <laughs> I think I think he did it for shock value. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what? It wasn't like it's the best way to eat it, man. I just, right. I just no, no. He didn't stuff. even say that. He was just like, "What are you afraid?" Did he take four Watch days me. off after he did that to, <laughs> a, to scare the American? Did you not see him for four days? <laughs> I'm potentially, to wonder if I've had salmonella now because I've had a similar thing. I don't worry about that anymore. But I feel like it was, I don't know. I feel like it was, I thought it was black bean related, but now I'm taking, <laughs> now I'm taking a hard look at my life and huh. choices. How long ago was this? This was like two years ago, probably. I just, I, we, I ate some food, I made some dinner with my girlfriend, and I, the same thing happened. Like, I, I, it was before we were living together. I, I, I spent the night at her house. Like, I went over, made, made dinner, spent the night at her house, and I woke up the next day. Couldn't get out of bed, couldn't stop vomiting, and I and she had to go out of town. So I just lived in her bed. Yeah, it's horrible. For and I couldn't move for like two or three days, and I just had no change of clothes. I had didn't have my toothbrush or any of my normal stuff, and I just sat there, and it was it was rough. But now, maybe maybe there's an eggshell involved. Perhaps. All right. So so back to these chicken livers. Yeah. So that's okay. So uh, let's. Are you able to walk us through how you might do your chicken liver pate? No. Nope. <laughs> but we've already been through this on stage. I know that this is fun for me. I know that I know all of this, and this is just. I know that a no, you cure no. you cure the livers <laughs> right a day ahead. I shared that with you on stage. For a, yep. you did. In, that's, where, that's where it stops. In the in the in that's where it stopped. That and that's where it in, the, in the in the curing salts, not regular some, salt. Both. Both. You don't. You won't want to do all curing salt. You'd you'd. I don't know. Well, yeah, I don't. You, you tell me. That would be, be a lot of curing salt. Okay. Are you a maniac? So a little curing salt goes a long way. In, yeah. In making in making it cured and in adding a, a appetizing pink color. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. Bingo. Right. And you do sear. Um, <laughs> dropping it there. Dropping Ooh. it there. Uh, I guess I when, you, when you, when uh, you, because that is like a big cornerstone of your menu, you really want to protect that. I sure. I would mean, you, maybe one day. Would you see the, say the tortellini and brodo and the, the chicken pate would be signature things? I would what would you also those, describe? That and the chopped salad. Those are probably the three, mm. those are the three, not probably, those are the three best sellers. Okay. And then, and the, the tortellini recipe like won all these awards for like best pasta. Right. 
of oh. the year. I didn't right. know that. Bon Appetit came oh. out with the best pastas. Never heard of 2015. it. Yeah, Bon Appetit. It's like a magazine. Yeah. Is it a zine? <laughs> Is it like a punk rock thing? <laughs> uh, they also did a Valentine's Day thing with you? They might have. What was, what was up with that? Because Valentine's Day is literally right around the corner. It's yeah. true. Uh, so yeah, they uh, they asked, uh, they reached out to me and asked, like, they, I guess they had seen on my Instagram that I had been recently married and thought that it would be cool. Oh, to congratulations! Feature. Congratulations! Uh, it would be cool to feature a chef in a chef's version of like what he does on Valentine's Day. Which of course is cook for yeah, other people. Work. So, so oh. then it had to shift to. I was going to say cocaine, but I guess I got that right, totally right, back. Right. Well, Sorry. that's before you cook for other people. Okay, okay. Who yeah. still, yeah. still has and had after just all night long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're the one chef who could do this job. So so it was like what what to make at home on Valentine's Day, right? So which for which for any for me was was like the Monday after or the Monday before or something or, or any other day that happens not to be on the actual day. Uh, but yeah, uh, cooking at home, spending it together. Because frankly, look, I mean, it's great that we have a hundred and like thirty reservations, like seventy-five couples booked already for uh, Valentine's Day. How many seats do you have in there? I thought uh, you have like, like thirteen tables. Forty-eight. <laughs> okay, so two sittings. Three. Three. Okay. Almost. Yeah. More. Uh, but. I I mean I think a restaurant's best expression is probably not on Valentine's Day. And sure. Absolutely. You're, you're I mean if I were doing it even if I didn't have to work, I wouldn't be going out. I'd be doing it at home. Yeah. Yes, that's what I'll be doing as well. Nice. But I I've been I've always loved the idea of of cooking food at home on Valentine's Day and not going out and Yeah. It's same thing for New Year's Eve and stuff like that. I mean it's if it's about like you and someone else, then spend it with that person, not like with 50 other people doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And you're able to say things like that now that you're fully booked up and reserved on Valentine's right. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a fucking Convenient. idiot and go out no, to a restaurant. I think the, the 10:30 slot's still open. So that's you know, romantic. That's going to be a painful slot for Mention you. Mention this show at the ten thirty <laughs> slot and a free crostone. <laughs> you could see enter that. the code the Stew Podcast. <laughs> you can see how excited you looked account. when he said that sentence. I was. Crostone. Oh, the ten thirty slot. So, do you guys have any food left? Nope. Oh, that's not true. The we wine never, will we be. We rarely run out of food. We will run out of like sometimes like fish because I won't order like 50 fish so that it's always fresh but mm -hmm. we never run out of most things yeah. oh really you never ran out of um, oh the the pork shank platter like oh. four months ago okay. when I was well, there well first of all we haven't really had the pork shank it. platter in about a year okay. but oh, oh. oh. We, sorry we do we run Call out of the lar like larger proteins also because right. we don't sell as many of them mm -hmm. so you know we're like tortellini will never run out chopped salads will never run out of because right. we're going to prep for like 50 just in case um, I got the platter finally. And if we don't sell At a later all serving. of them that day, we'll sell all of them the next day. So It was very good. I nice. see that you got the spare fennel crusted platter yeah. going on right now, right? That was like came off in the early, mid, mid, late summer. Late summer. Oh, really? Yeah. We have a, a ribeye right now. Oh. It's good. Okay. It's yeah, good. well, now that his mom is in town right now, so that means I'm going to try and go to Alimento. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, With geez. his mom? Uh, yeah. Nice. Yes. Usually. Valentine's Day? Uh, no. 10.30 slot. Just right. <laughs> no, the 10.30 slot is the slot where you Bring were to let your girlfriend know that you you didn't plan ahead. For, like, Ooh. if you tell your girlfriend, like... I see. Au contraire. I think that just means you want to spend all evening before that with her. It's a big... Mm -hmm. It's a hot slot. <laughs> I, I recommend it to anyone out there without a reservation yet. 
1030, it's a hot slot. Much yep. chiller vibe to 1030. <laughs> it's good. Because right. you, you, get, right. a, you yeah, get You get to close down the restaurant, then like everyone else leaves, and you're just like, then you get your alone time, oh. but you're still being waited on. You and still then the guy have comes out with the violin and plays a... Call. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Because a lot of people will say, like, to have a romantic Valentine's Day evening, do all of your activities before dinner because. Because you're not going to want to after. You're not going to want to after. Right. And right. when I say activities, you know what I mean. Ping pong. Miniature golf. <laughs> <laughs> Get a late mini golf game and then, yeah, because you're not going to want to putt after that meal. Right. <laughs> oh, you didn't even plan on doing that, did you? <laughs> I did not. Uh, we have uh, a couple people that handle the the wine. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I, they won't call themselves psalms, uh, but they're great. I mean, I think the wine list is really strong right now. Uh, what, are you in there with tastings and whenever you can? Or when I can, yeah. Be yeah, both. Yeah. What wait? What is your Valentine's Day dish that was in Bon Appetit? By the way, real it was, quick. So it's a whole menu. It's like oh, it's a whole menu. There are yeah. There's like. Five recipes, or four or five recipes in the magazine, and then two more online. Damn, uh, it's a cool, it's a cool eight-page eight spread. Holy Check shit. it out! Uh, you get to see my dog. You guys can, you know, a little peek behind the curtains. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain. I mean, it's heavily staged. Well, not heavily, but somewhat staged. So it wasn't. Uh, there's your a dog. lot of nice plateware that we couldn't possibly afford. We like. We got married. We registered for Heath. It's beautiful. We were like, oh, we have all these nice plates. If you want to, we can use these. And they're like. Hmm. These are like the photographers and the uh, like the prop stylists. Like, mm, yeah, those are nice. We, uh, you know, we just did a, a shoot with all Heath, so we're trying to sh- to shy away from that. I was like, okay. And then they pull out these like drop dead, stunning pieces of ceramic mm. that make any food look gorgeous. This uh, like humble ceramics, which is stunning, also pricey, but right. Yeah, just when you thought Heath was. Top of the pops, right. huh? There's always something to knock it down. Exactly. And also, I'm sad that my girlfriend is probably going to hear this because she's like a Heath lover. No, no, Heath is great. And frankly, it's almost like... But now well, that she um, knows... Except that- for the restaurant. We have it at Alimento, and it's... You know, I thought, like, just buy it. It's, it's a one-time... I was really naive, but it's a one-time cost. Get it. It'll make, like, people's food will look good on it. It'll show up on Instagram. It'll look good, great. But then when, like, a plate breaks every day... Or a bowl, and those are even more expensive. It's just like, oh god, it's an ongoing headache. That's a forty-four dollar bowl. Exactly, god it's a forty-four dollar bowl. Is it? Uh-huh. I think I think I, like I have a small discount that takes it down to like thirty-seven, but mm-hmm. it's like yeah, it's thirty-seven dollars. <laughs> but it, but that if, crack if, is thirty-seven dollars. If my girlfriend learns that there's something more expensive and uh, better than Heath, then she will now want that. Well, ironically called humble ceramics. Humble, humble. Just ceramics. just a just a humble little. Is it, it may be humble. I think or Humboldt. No, I think I, either one it's makes one sense. Them. Yeah, bastards. They know there's ceramics up there, buddy. <laughs> the, the, I think those are made in LA, though. The Humboldt or Humboldt ceramics are made in LA. Did you? Did they like give you hair and makeup and all that stuff? Uh, they gave Allie hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, this, so you have an eight-page spread in Bon Appetit. Check buddy. it out. I feel like your restaurant might start getting some reservations. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> That's what it all comes down to. <laughs> Uh, do you have plans on doing another restaurant? Maybe. Mm. In LA? Yes. Oh. Maybe. Yes. So mysterious. I love it. <laughs> I know. You can't say. <laughs> I like asking questions that people aren't, good. aren't allowed. 
<laughs> I like uncomfortably laughing when he asks them every time somebody's on. <laughs> having a blast. Hey, someone, someone's got to ask this stuff. The hard hitting stuff. True. The food, the food media. You know, there's a lot. You know, it's a lot of tiptoeing. It's right, a lot, a of, lot not, of dancing around. A lot of dancing around. You know, I feel like there's you cut to the chase. There's room. There's room for a little more of a sure. frank discussion. Yeah. Do you, Do you keep up with food media like that? Like websites and podcasts and and stuff like that. Uh, somewhat. Not 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 religiously, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm aware of it. I guess. Right. And you've probably done a bunch of interviews on KCRW and stuff like that. I did. Uh, yeah, I did. I did good food a couple years ago with when I was uh with with Steve from Soto. Um, did uh the Fork Report, but th- not too many radio interviews. Okay. This so one. You may. Oh. But you were on Top Chef. I, I was on. Uh, yeah, as a as a. I can't even call it a guest judge because my opinion was worthless or uh, not worth. It was all I guess the- it, in the context of the competition, it was worthless. Oh really? Uh, yeah. I mean, you don't vote. There, there's like uh, Michael Voltaggio was the guest judge, and then there were the three regular judges, and they, those votes count. But uh, the rest of us at the table were just dining, basically, You're and, just- and passing judgment, sure, but not officially. Right. Destroying dreams and eating right. food, yes, but yes, yeah, it's not actually being counted. No, a lot of the food was actually surprisingly really good. I was, yeah. I had no idea. I watched the show for since it started, and I was yeah. had no idea what to expect. But it was, I would say, it was it surpassed my expectations. Was oh, the the casualness that 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 show tries to provide when they're doing like the meals and the kind of the conversational? Did, did it? Does it actually? Do they shoot it out like that? It actually felt pretty casual. Very cool. Yeah. And and it's real wine in those glasses. Oh, that's nice. Oh. At at eight a.m. Wow. in a on a soundstage in those Burbank. Producers are wiping their brow every now and then as the fourth glass is poured. <laughs> let's uh, let's keep it a little easier there. Uh, let's let's not you, refill you that goblet. You didn't say anything that ended up coming off the way you wouldn't want it to. On no, 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 okay. no. Which is like why I it, the 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 jobs that the contestants do is just terrifying because. That could, you know, anything can be created out of what they say. Mm-hmm. Not that it is. I'm not, I, I, I have sure. no inside information as to that being the case. But it's sure. It, it's you, the idea of its possibility scares me. Yikes. Were you ever asked to be on that show? No, as a contestant. But they don't. They don't I don't think they ever ask contest people to apply as contestants. Oh, okay. I think they just people you have apply to and yourself. then they like leaf through them. Yeah. Mm. So you've never had any interest in any no. of that stuff? No. No chop. I, I competitions like that scare me. I don't think I. I would. I, I think I do my best work when I'm like alone and don't have any other real major things happening mm-hmm. in, in my vicinity, and I can just focus on it. It's like a Zen moment. So the idea of doing it like on a clock, on camera, with like Tom Colicchio staring at you mm-hmm. and all these other people around me running around it was terrifying. Terrifying. It sounds like you're not going to do your best work. No. Is there a soundtrack to this Zen moment? Huh? Is there a soundtrack to this Zen moment? Oh. Is there something playing there? Uh, the, the maybe. Podcast? No, not. I mean, huh? Yeah. The Stew Podcast? The yeah. Stew Podcast. <laughs> Always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the test kitchen, just bumping it. Yeah, what yep. kind of music do you listen to? Uh, All th- kinds. There's a lot of music. Yeah, that's a tough one. Like, so but, your best issues aren't created by Exile on Main Street or like no. Susie and the Banshees. Or like, no. There's not like one. Where you're Frank saying, Sinatra. I put it on. Oh, okay. A lot of like, no, no, I'm, I'm not. Oh. No. Okay. What are you, the, soundtrack, the soundtrack to Big Night is constantly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he said he went to Barney. Let's extrapolate on that one. 
no, I don't know. I mean, oh, the yeah, kitchen I, at, at the restaurant, we listen to whatever the cooks are playing, which sure. is uh, eclectic, mm-hmm. to say the least. Mm-hmm. But no Sonic Muse in your kitchen. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you said you... Did you grow up going to the San Gabriel Valley? Were your parents big? No, did, no. Did they go, like, your no. parents Chinese? More mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> I, I, more in my not really growing up. More like when I went out there on my own or with friends. Yeah, yeah when you could drive. Yeah, yeah. When the curiosity no, the, started the, the, kicking in. Growing up, growing up, I or like younger growing up, I had a lot of more bad Chinese food. Yeah, same. Yeah, right. Of like, course, regular express. Jewish. Yeah. That's yeah. what you do. Yeah, exactly. On Christmas. Other mm-hmm. other than right. Elemento. Well, we celebrated Christmas like bad Jews. Oh. I, I know like, a lot of bad Jews like that. Yeah, it's it's happening. It's Jews. Jews there's like Jews for Jesus. Not not nearly that, but we're Jews for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Jews for presents. Jews, Jews for, for presents. <laughs> Jews for Newton. Other than Jews Elemento, for Jews for watching basketball all day. That's my Christmas. <laughs> other, other than Elemento, best Italian restaurant in LA. What say you? Uh, I think Bestia is great. Mm. It's mm. like. Time after time. Okay. Okay. Well, that won't... I know I'm like not uh, alone in that in that uh, no. opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think other people like that restaurant I've heard, too. I've heard I've heard a few people go every night. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, well, that that brings us to our final segment of the show. Oh dear. The the best thing that we ate all week. We need a theme song. What does this start? Is this like since Monday or is it like the past seven days? We can do past seven days. Past or seven. since you're a guest on the show and you've never done it before, you, 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 I'll let you go up to a month. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I don't do that often. I don't even remember what I've eaten this month. Um, I told you to prepare, Zach. I know you did, but I... Did you tell him? Really? <laughs> Shit. I'll go first. I have to, yeah, go. I'm going to look at my calendar and see where I remember eating. Yeah, just hit the Instagram. Oh, that's a good idea. If it's something that's or or your photo. Usually that's, that's what I do. I just I have to, I have to go. I don't I don't Instagram as much as I'm supposed to, but it's fine. Uh, have somebody that's else a lot do of it. Work. Well, I went to I went to the Oh yeah. That was good. I went to that Lucky Peach event a few days ago. Um and they had the Grand Central Market set up with a bunch of people doing special collaborative dishes and Wexler's Deli did a collaboration with the Animal Guys. Where they did a Thai flavored celery salad on top of the Wexler's smoked whitefish, mm. just flaps of it, and it's and it sound it, it looked it didn't look great and it sounds bizarre. Well, it just flaps. Mm-hmm. Well, like flaps. It sounds great until you said flaps. <laughs> well, it's like it's like the out. little cardboard like <laughs> cardboard and flaps. <laughs> It, the, the 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 container that it's in it's like the card it's like the cardboard cor- and flaps. You know when you get the, a corn dog and it's in that little like tray. cardboard coffin tray. Sure. Coffin. So it's just one of those <laughs> flaps of fish. In it's in a flap <laughs> coffin, and there's just there's just flaps of of. Uh, <laughs> there's flaps of smoked white fish slices. Let's go with slices. Slight thinly sliced. <laughs> But it it looked like you almost wouldn't you never really see it unless it's on a bagel or something like that or it's right. like kind of in a little rose or like in a decorative thing it's, it it looked like when you just get like slice a chunk of jackfruit off or something like that like it looked it didn't even look like whitefish it looked like a Flaps. weird piece of tropical fruit or jackfruit or something like that just sitting on the bottom of this cardboard coffin and then like a celery salad on top with some Thai flavors the like, flavor that you might have at night market or something like that like a bold bright acidic spicy thing and eating it all together and it paired perfectly such a bizarre combo that ended up working out really well and i was glad that the animal guys had the best thing because 
fucking good. Sometimes you forget that that they're they're killing it for a reason. Right. Where it's just like, oh, ammo guys, they they got John and Vinny's, they make some regular pasta, and then they have Trois Familia or whatever, and they, it's all kind of like you don't really think of them doing like bizarre, out of the box, like um, Trois Met kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like experimental things like that. But they uh, that was that was a great flavor. Glad to hear that. I think you'll like it if you're a fan of flaps. But I can't get it now because you can never get it. But you can make it at home. <laughs> right. Just get some flaps, get some celery, and get some Thai stuff. Okay. Cool. <laughs> a fish coffin. Facet. Mm-hmm. Did I say facet? That was me saying fat and acid. So I think we're gonna go with facet. Flaccid. Flaccid. Uh, <laughs> flaccid flaps in the coffin. Flaccid white fish. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, as a Jewish person. As a Jewish person. Are you uh, flaccid? <laughs> <laughs> Cut or uncut? That's the real question. <laughs> Are you more of a whitefish fan or more of a lox salmon fan? Uh, I'm a pickled herring fan. No oh, way. Actually, the creamed herring. I prefer the creamed herring. Creamed herring. Creamed herring is good. But I, I like it all. I really do like it all. Out of left field. So, so you creamed do the whole gefilte is... fish, the whole thing? Uh, gefilte fish, only if it's homemade. I, I, I grew up on my grandfather's gefilte fish, which was great. And everyone always bitched about their gefilte fish and how nasty it was. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's good. And then I went to a Seder at my then-girlfriend, now-wife's. With her family, and uh, there was a Manischewitz, like, just gefilte fish out of the jar. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Allie. And <laughs> it was nasty. So then I understood where that was coming from. But mm. uh, I do like gefilte fish. It, even homemade, it's not like, I'll take pickled. Oh, it's I'll like take cranberry pick, sauce. I'll take creamed herring. Out of the can, not so good. You make it yourself, much better, but still, right, it is right, what it is. Right. Um, Stewie. Best thing you ate all week? Uh, I've been going to... Other than this weird-ass Chipotle smoothie uh, tomatillo. Chipotle? <laughs> <laughs> it looks like something I want to dip a Chipotle it chip does. in. Are you like trying to bring it back the, to the, Salmonella? The, 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 the salsa bar at Chipotle. Thank you. Sp- yeah, that's a... You have a... Can you say taco zone? That's norovirus, not, not, not yeah, Salmonella. You got some Zika in there, baby. It looks like you rated the Baja Fresh. <laughs> Better than all of those establishments. Come on, man. Somewhere there's a Del Taco. I went to Taco Zone last night and it looked like this. Actually. Oh, yeah, it looks like the Taco Zone. It looks like the Taco Zone avocado salsa. salsa sauce. I've never well, you been hit to it, Taco Zone. You hit zone. the little one ounce cup with a, with a Taco Zone. <laughs> it's very good. Post service, you should Taco Zone. I go home post service. There's got to be a buffer, you know? There's got to be a buffer. Okay. All right, Sui. I've been going got? to Milk Farm in Eagle Rock on mm-hmm. Colorado. Cheese store. Cheese store. Some wines, but I, I would go later in the day, and I didn't realize like this blank space next to the counter. If you go early, is filled with wonderful sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So they have a press, and they ha- they get their ciabatta from Bread Lounge, which I really always love. Bread Lounge bread. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a salami press, smoked mozzarella, tomato and fennel relish over ciabatta, and the tomato fennel, fennel relish was so bright and sweet, but still had a little mm. like mustard seed kick. It was mm. fantastic, and I typically don't really like panini presses. Mm-hmm. I kind of like you got a pick here, Stewie. I got a pick. I'm holding it's Instagram, um, but it really worked because I love a sandwich that's been sitting out for a while. Is that right? <laughs> Everything likes to marry. We got the you know the cured right. meats and simple cheese like that stuff right. can hold, and right. it's a relish. So that's right. all those th- components will hold. So yeah, for certain sandwiches, leaving them for out. certain, yeah, sure. sure. Like a, they're going to proof those things that are sitting out. Like everything right. starts to marry or a nice mufalada. Everything's just like getting better. Like yeah, as, it, as gets time better. as time progresses, this is the case. And they pressed it. I don't think they pressed it too long, so the cheese is melted fine. But the salami was still more or less room temp, and it's like I, I just love me nice. a room temp. 
cured meat. Nice. <laughs> Too cold, you know, it doesn't really... Right. Just, you know, right. You, you lose some of the flavors. It's like cheese. I'm a super taster, apparently, so... <laughs> it is like cheese. No, but you wouldn't like it. I wouldn't were. like it. I have orgasms all day long, and I'm a super taster. It's a miserable <laughs> life I lead. I'm going to check that I'm gonna check that Sammy out. Oh, yeah, and they've been doing Iberico ham, the little little joints on a on the end of a baguette that uh, I just... I couldn't do. I wasn't in the mood. You got a treat. It's a treat. It's a treat yourself. All right, Andre. What you got? Um, well, we went to a meal last night at a uh, a complex called Platform, which is just opening now in Culver City. Which Cannibal, the restaurant Cannibal, there's one in New York now. Um, it's been there for three years, I think. Maybe more. Um, which is opening their first one out here on the west side. And, well, I guess Culver City? Yeah, Culver City. Yeah. Ish. Um, and so we, we had a, a small dinner last night sampling some of their stuff. And on their charcuterie plate, they had a cochinita pibil terrine, which was my favorite thing on the platter and maybe of the night. I thought it was amazing. Um, cochinita pibil is a kind of a, uh, a pork simmered or braised dish that involves a lot of citrus, whether it's sour orange or lime and achiote seeds. Um, it's bright, it's chilly, it's and got pineapples. a lot of... What's that? And pineapples. And pineapple. Is there pineapple in it? Maybe. I think it's well, habanero. Well, the, no, the, the terrine, it had like a pineapple oh, relish on top of like, it. Uh. Um, I don't think I got a piece with that on it. Mine yeah, the, it, was, it was served with like a pineapple relish on top of it. Son of a bitch. <laughs> it really um, made the whole thing pop. You should have had some. <laughs> but it was great. The, the, this, the overall texture, you know, it's going to be more rustic than a pate or a mousse. And I, I thought everything, it, it tasted... Um, it was country style. It was. And it, it tasted exactly like the Cochinita P. Bill that I've ever had anywhere, but more subtly and in a way that I thought really kind of spoke well to a charcuterie it's plate. A, I mean, on, it sounds gross on paper. It did. It's like you love Cochinita P. Bill... Why don't you serve it cold and gelatinized? Yeah. But it really was delicious. That's why I wanted and to mention it. And that pineapple, baby. Oof. And it also kind of has a has a moment, too, where you're looking at something and you're like, okay, is this somebody trying to put something on paper that looks distinct and wild and out of the box or interesting? Or is it something that works really well actually as a dish? Because there was one thing that we weren't a huge fan of, which was a matcha-powdered um, chicken, liver, chicken pate. liver pate, which... Again, was like, okay, so if it tastes good, it's great. Fine. Um, again, it doesn't look like something I want to eat. Or is eat. it just a wacky thing to be and that to, to, to look interesting? And that didn't seem to get executed really well. Yeah, as a, as a chicken liver man, matcha in there, what say you? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I thought it was it. disgusting. Yeah. yeah. And I'm friends with the head chef. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say I'll say that I feel bad, but like it really was gross. It was not. It was not the best thing on the plate. They, but they had, you know. They can't all be bangers, and they had—they definitely had one to me, which was the the terrine, which was excellent. So, sorry, guys who are listening. No, it was a good review. <laughs> no, I'm saying sorry. Okay. Other than there that, delish. Go. All right, Zach. Best right, thing we had. I got it. Uh, it was this. Um, it was at the Progress in San Francisco. Mm, uh, son of a bitch. I had an amazing, amazing meal. Really, like one of those meals that just stops you in your tracks. Good, uh, and. It was what do you call those things? The um, corn the, dog. Yes, the corn dog. No, the uh, those like uh, Thai and Indian flat roti. It was a sunchoke oh. roti that was just like crunchy and chewy, 
like shaped huge shaped into like the roti was made out of sunchokes or there were sunchokes on the roti they so the the way the server described it is that it was cooked in sunchoke oil i don't even know what that means exactly like is this oil like you roast it off some neutral oil like infused with sunchokes i don't know it was delicious it was uh, actually i just pulled up the recipe really roti with black truffle sunchoke ranch yeah so there was ranch on the bottom and black truffles on top it was amazing it was wow. really, really amazing. It was like sloppy, and you did not like plated sloppy, but like when you eat it, it's just like this sloppy, delicious, hedonistic experience that was oh. really special. Yeah, but the recipe's wow. online? Uh, they posted the recipe on Seville. <laughs> no shit. Seville.com. And they ripped that. And they, yeah, coming soon, Alimento, yeah. a sunchoke <laughs> roti with and they posted blue cheese. I to make it Italian <laughs> for the 1030 Because ro- Yeah, roti is so good. It's like, it is so good. You know, it, ha- it has like a nice little chewiness to it, it has a little flakiness. Mm. Chewy, flaky, and they, they'll probably cook it on a grill so you get some nice char, bubble, bubble things going on. Right. And then. A black choke sun, black choke, black sun. truffle, <laughs> sun truffle and black choke. I mean, black choke sun truffle. I mean, that is that is a. It was a, good. Even it was really even just good. the idea of it sounds so awesome. Just like, but it's it's very. It, it was such a creative meal too. It was not. It's. I mean, like yeah, that all sounds good when someone else has put it all together. Unlike maybe like liver and matcha that maybe could be good, but doesn't necessarily sound good. Mm-hmm. But this is like. It's still super great. Yeah, it sounds good, but it's not like oh yeah, obviously that's an obvious pairing: ranch and black truffles and right. and sunchoke roti. It's, it's, a, it's something that I would never think of, or right. most people would never ever right. think of, myself and it, included. That's and it's, it's awesome. A, but when it, just, it really is one of those things where you just want to eat it. It's I'm just really looking good. at the whole, it right the whole now. meal. There was great, but also just a, a black truffle ranch to begin with. The, the was, I didn't know. I don't think there were truffles in the ranch. I mean, maybe the recipe says so, but there was. Well, a this ranch one on the is bottom. just a plate of plain rotis and then a little side of okay, ranch. It looks pretty banal. Yeah, just like or it's like. Oh really? Yeah, good, just like just, you know, maybe they change it around. Plate and the little side dish where you just oh. put it on there. Oh, uh, look! Uh, I'm sure you can find a picture of it on Instagram of the one at the progress. Plated. It's like it's real pretty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It just looks like a little like a accoutrement that you like. You oh, okay, so the roti is like kind of yeah. twisted around into a little yeah. pyramid, and then it has the the ranch at the bottom, the bottom and then and there's sun and then there's or, the shavings, uh, sun truffles, and it uh, looks like right there's some top. shavings of raw sun choke on there as well. There might have been kind of like a radish, right? Radish slice or something like that. Interesting. What's going on in San Francisco? Just hanging. Uh, yeah, my sister lives up there. My actually, my brother-in-law is also in my business. He just opened up a restaurant called uh, Pizza Del Popolo in San Francisco. Oh, it's where, really great. Where's that? Uh, it's you know, I guess it's called Knob Hill mm-hmm. over there. Oh yeah. Um, town. So he's trying to get in early on an up-and-coming neighborhood. I, I suppose <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> Must be nice. Yeah, so. Good lord, that's a nice neighborhood. Yeah, San Francisco. Oh no, it's not. Okay, well then it's a different. It's like a lower Knob Hill. It's like okay by. Uh, it's like between the Tenderloin and Knob Hill. Okay, it's in like it's a pretty shitty. It's pretty. No, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, yeah, no, no, it's, no, it's, it's a great restaurant. It's okay. a great restaurant. Outside of the fact that he's my brother-in-law, it's a great restaurant. The food is great. Just had a great review. Can you say uh, it one more time the name? Uh, Pizza Del, Del Popolo is like Del Popolo. Del Popolo, I guess, is I what you would it would go by. Del Popolo, like right. of the people. Well, congratulations uh, to him. That's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, thanks, Zach. My pleasure. It's been a treat. Are you, is Elemento doing Dine LA? We did it. You did it. It's over. Okay, it finished. Thank God. All right. I was going to say, 
How do we I mean, go? It's good. It's good for revenue. It's it's just it's busy. That's why last week was not an option yeah. coming here. But that's one of those things that is much more beneficial to a restaurant that could use a little help versus a restaurant like yours, which is usually pretty busy. I will say. I mean, you won't exposure. say. I see sure. It's no, yeah, never it's, busy it's enough. Good. Right. Get, get some get some fresh eyes on on your restaurant. That's true. Give it a chance. Yeah. Make a trip over to Silver yeah. Lake. Um, well, if you live in LA or you don't, you should go to Alimento, one of our favorite restaurants here for sure. And you could follow Zach on Instagram at Zach Pollock. Z Z Pollock. Z Pollock. There's some, yeah. With P O L L A C K, not O C K, like the artist. Right. Who? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then one day I'm gonna get you drunk and get that goddamn recipe for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I have a pretty high tolerance. <laughs> okay. Drugs. For baseball bats? I'm drunk right now. Drugs it is. <laughs> He's been that, chugging kombucha this not, whole podcast. Yeah. Uh, the stewpodcast.com is a website if you want to listen to more episodes. If you like the show, tell a friend, subscribe on iTunes, all that good stuff. You can follow me on social media at them jeans. Stu Stewart. Chris is Stu Stewart. Andre Carnpower has no social I'm media. I'm Graham. I don't have any social Don't need it. See you guys next week. Thanks, Zach. My pleasure. Thank you, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye.